Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 234th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We're powered by APIN.net, Audio Technica, and Manscaped. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8-Bit. And joining me today, my podcast, Ride or Die, the double cheeseburger to my Steam McChicken. You can find her on Dem Socials at Miss Ellie Hart. What is going on, Miss Ellie Hart? Hello, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. How are you, Brendan? I am doing really well. Um, a little bit tired. I'm a little bit full. My mum my and I went out for a, a dinner date last night and... Uh, we went to a place called St. James Crab House and ate all oh. the seafood, all the seafood, all the king crab and the snow crab and the Morton Bay bugs and the prawns. And it was so oh. good. I'm still to, so full. I had to explain Morton Bay bugs and uh, Balmain bugs to um, some Americans to explain how we have this wonderful crustacean. And like, I've never had lobster. I've never had lobster. But I had to explain that it was this delicious crustacean that we have that's really good with some like chili sweet chili mm. and um how it's like you know almost like a single serve kind of crustacean for one person <laughs> essentially ugly as hell but delicious yeah they look like little aliens but they're they like if, if we're gonna like shoot from the hip with a rapid fire uh rapid fire rating of crustaceans i would definitely put i'd put bugs at the top for me they're, oh, yeah. they're, they're the kings and then the crab and then lobster like lobster gets all the praise and the the prestige around the mm. world, you know, when when you someone says, "Oh, you have having lobster," like, "Oh, hoity toity!" Mm. But like, yeah, um, yeah, bugs like Morton Bay, Balmain bugs, or if there's any other locations that make or you know, sell these things, mm. they are the the rulers of the crustacean uh, uh, food hierarchy, in my opinion. I agree. As I don't get much say because, like I said, I haven't had lobster, but prawns prawns are crustacean, or are they not classified as crustacean? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's like the shell. I don't know if the shell is what sort of classes them as a crustacean. So mm. my, my my knowledge of crustacean anatomy is not not, not as good as others, but um, yeah. prawns We're are also great. to eat it. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm not great with prawns unless they've been cooked in like butter or this very special like teriyaki garlic um, sauce that my mum used to make when we grilled them on the barbecue. That was the Yum. only way I could eat prawns. Yeah, I, it took me a long while to to do sort of like the fresh prawns. Like I'm a cooked prawn guy all day, but like the mm-hmm. fresh prawns where you're de-shelling de- them and de-veining them and then like drowning them in a bit of Thousand Island and they're cool. Like that sort of took years for me to appreciate, but now I'm, <laughs> now I'm all about it. Prawn cocktail. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. But anyway, yeah, um, St. James Crab House over in, uh, in Hamilton. Chef's kiss, delicious. Anyway. Uh, I haven't really been playing anything new of note, so I don't think there's any point in me deep diving. <laughs> been playing a little bit more Apex this week, and that's kind of it. I don't think I've played games much at all this week. Um, so I'm playing a bit of bit of Horizon, a bit of Wraith in in Apex, just to sort of mix things up a little bit, oh, get off the lifeline train. But uh, yeah, outside, I haven't been playing much. What about you, Miss Hart? You been playing anything of note that you want to want to mention, or anything you've been no. watching? I kind of keep on grinding out the Cozy Grove game on uh, Apple Arcade. I mm-hmm. still adore it. Um, still a very adorable game. And I'm starting to see more and more mentions on my timeline of people really enjoying that game, which makes me happy. Um, but I have just been sinking probably too much time in No Man's Sky and just still just grinding out and building, <laughs> dropping my... Uh, my mark of a base on everyone's planet, no matter where you are. Like, I'm just colonizing the universe. The absolute colonizer. The only thing that's happened recently that I'm kind of disappointed is I got a new creature. Um, and I'm try- like I've mentioned in previous episodes, I always try to train them to grab resources for me. But I think I've accidentally taught this one to poop on command. <laughs> That's that's got its got its benefit. You need you need you do need poo to to make you certain do, things. Actually. Yeah, <clears throat> so but there's like some, there's some utility there. Didn't think it was a possibility, but every time I point and command it to do something, it takes a shit. So yeah, it's all right. 
Could be I worse. Wish I had that ability. Yeah. Oh, it's risky. Imagine too, because because that's if someone pointed at you, would you just then poo without without control? Like oh imagine my... that. Actually, how often do people point at people? Hmm. Like I don't think enough people are saying, "Hey, that person over there," to me. But I, I guess you. if I knew that, like, say, the neighbor down the street had that ability, I'd be pointing at them very regularly just to uh, for my <laughs> own my own self gain and, and humor. <laughs> if you give them the finger guns, do they get diarrhea? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I reckon so. You have, to just, shake, yeah. you have to shake your fingers too. Oh, no. Oh, I apologize, everyone that listens to our podcast <laughs> in the morning. But if you haven't learned by now that this is not early morning listening, then. Yeah, no no topic is off limits here, uh, really especially isn't. finger gun diarrhea. So uh, there you go. Name of the um, episode. <laughs> there's the episode title. Finger gun diarrhea. But um. Pew-pew. Moving on to, to slightly more wholesome content, uh, I've, I've watched the first three episodes of In- Invincible that just dropped on Amazon. I haven't so, watched it. Yeah, so it's it's an animated superhero show that's dropped on Amazon last night. It's uh, based off, off the, the comic series of the same name, and that was done by Robert Kirkman. Obviously, that oh, yeah. name rings a bell. That's uh, you know Mr. Walking Dead. Uh, making gajillions of dollars for selling that, uh, that IP to the masses, but... This is so so good. Uh, I'm I'm a big Invincible fan. I've got um, I don't think I've got all of them. I think there was a hundred, over one fifty, maybe to one eighty. Like it, it ran for about five years. Uh, the the sort of the comic did, and I've got just about all of it. But I've I've bought like the omnibus. I like getting the hardcover omnibuses of comics where they sort of grab a series and chuck it all together in a nice nice hard case. I think they present really well on a shelf. So yeah. I've got I've got my my invincible and um yeah it sneakily dropped last night on Amazon first three episodes they the cool thing is the episodes run forty plus minutes each so it's oh, a bit of a, a bit of a longer, longer burn but it is so good it's uh, really really handling the source material well like um I guess the premise is it's focusing around this this teenager called Mark Grayson. And um, his father, Nolan, is like the most powerful superhero on Earth. And uh, shortly after he turns 17, I guess his his powers start to awaken inside him. So it's sort of like this coming of age thing where he's a young adult. But then it's like, it's violent. It's got like, uh, you know, crude language, sex themes, all this kind of stuff. So it's like... Mm. um, like if, if, If you're looking for something else, direct comparison that's on TV at the moment similar tones to like the boys which is also on amazon but obviously that's live action this is this is animated but like i just want to mention like the voice cast here as far as who's in it so steven yoon uh from the walking dead sandra O, oh, jk simmons gillian jacobs walton goggins is in it jason Matzukas is in it zachary quinto um mark hamill seth rogan zazi beats um, sort of scrolling down further, Lauren Cohen's in there, uh, Mahashala Ali's in there, Ezra Miller, John Hamm, uh, Digimon Ooh. Honzu. So the voice casting is like stacked, so stacked. That's and impressive. it's so great. The first three episodes, really, really cool. They, they do, you know, they set the table really well with the first one and, and how it plays out. And it's just good, just good adult it- animated fun. Is it in the same vein as like the Harley Quinn animated series that just recently came out? Like gory, yeah. crude, violent, it's, funny. It's, it's not as like it's not as moment to moment funny as Harley Quinn, but yeah, similar okay. similar tones. Like it's okay. Yeah, is this Jason Manzukas is in it, and usually he yeah. he's always in the go 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 comedy. He's, uh, I love Jason. Manzoukas. He's so good. He plays Rex Sloan slash Rex Splode as as his superhero name, and yeah, he's he's a scene stealer in anything he does. You know, he's yeah. a he's a wild card, and um, yeah, but it's it's really good, really really good. So uh, anyone that doesn't have Amazon Prime, get on it because there's so much good content on there for one. But anyone that does. Get on these three episodes. The next uh, next episode drops uh, on April the second, so that's that's sort of next Friday um, again. And it's um, sadly it's only an eight episode first season, but you know what? Uh, I think they're gonna maybe churn some more of this out because it's getting a lot of positive press out there. And um, yeah. you know, like executive producers, like obviously Robert Kirkman, and then you've got Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen involved again of, on the back of you know they've, they've done a lot of good 
good sort of media content together. So uh, yeah. it's so good. I'm, I'm all it's, in. I'm loving it. I, it's really good to see like some of these like IPs doing really well, especially when it comes to comic book universes. Um, like like I mentioned, like I love the Harley Quinn animated series. Um, I've now completely forgotten what the hell it's called, but there's like a robot chicken stop motion um, series with Patton Oswalt. Um, oh, is it the World Eater? No, that's not his name. Um, oh, he's the guy with the little with the big head. Oh, I'm not going to be able to remember, unfortunately. Oh, so everyone can kind the of the Modoc one. Yeah, oh, that's it. Oh, yeah. that's it. Yeah. So it's the same people who did Robot Chicken, and I've been watching a few little previews of that. So um, I'm hoping that one does really well, as because I just love Patton Oswalt. Man, he's so um, great. He's, he's so, so great, great. <laughs> in everything he's, he does. Yeah, he's been through you know quite a bit um didn't his wife solve a murder or like a serial killer like i think so i think so he's he's lived a very very sparse and unique life old mr Mm. oswalt but yeah but yeah talking about um comic book um ip and new releases we got the trailer for suicide squad 2 um Mm -hmm. dropped today uh very interesting it's good to see a little bit more um i love um seeing like everyone um froth over um king shark yeah sylvester Um, stallone's king shark nonetheless yeah and like he does talk (laughs) in the trailer but i don't think i noticed i don't think i I, I didn't pick i didn't pick up on the stallone drawl when he was like hand or whatever i'm like i didn't hear stallone there but then yeah i saw his name in the back end of the credits i'm like who's he playing then i'm like oh he's playing king yeah then yeah, everyone was like just pushing it, and I was just like, "What the hell? When did that happen?" Um, so that was real. That was really cool, and we got to see more of him. And like I said, everyone's kind of like just a- adores him and thinks he's like the best thing ever because he does. He's he's cute. I think he's very adorable, even though the scenes you see him like um, he literally rips a man in half. Yeah, like, yeah. So he's cool. uh they they don't shy away from the violence in the trailer, and, and yes. King Shark was the instigator of just oh, yeah. about all the violence. <laughs> Yeah, um, the, I gotta say the trailer's got me very curious about um, certain characters and how long they're actually in the movie, because um, they definitely had more characters more prominent in the trailer than other characters. So yeah, like what is there? There's, there's you know, it's a cast of twenty plus in the Suicide Squad, and I'd say yeah. half of them will get mowed down very early in the piece. I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some characters there. I honestly, honestly thought John Cena was going to be a throwaway character, but now they've kind of set because he's getting his own show, right? Didn't they announce that? Yeah, the Peacemaker's yeah. Peacemaker show. Own. Yeah. So <laughs> I was wrong about that. But like Nathan Fillion's character. Um, I mean, Pete Davidson has a character. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't, like. I don't understand Pete. I don't understand that the love that he gets, and I don't know. I don't understand like the intrigue or whatever that that people are appealed to by this fellow. I don't get it. I do not yeah, get it at all. I don't understand it either. And the only reason why he became a prominent name in my catalog was because he died dating Ariana Grande, and I was just like, oh. That's a bit okay. All right, um, but yeah. Either way, the trailer still has me pretty excited. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily hyped, which is usually a dirty word now in our um in our industry and in our scene or the pop culture scene. But I'm like, as a person who still is okay with the first Suicide Squad movie, this one, you know, I can't wait to see it. I'm I'm really excited for it. So yeah, I, I think. I think it's going to be better than the first one. Tonally, it's going to be very different, I think. And like yeah. from, a, from a violence perspective alone, I think like the first Suicide Squad did have a, had a lot of you know, rapid fire dialogue and a lot of jokes and stuff, but I think they're going to play off that a little bit more here, but also then just have a lot of head explosions and stuff as well. So yeah. uh, <laughs> one, one, of, one of my favorite comments on like one of the posts for this trailer was, oh, okay, rip off Guardians of the Galaxy. And someone goes, do you know who's directing yeah. this, you dumbass? Oh, Mr. Gunn, Mr. Guardians himself. So yeah. uh, fingers crossed for this one. And But you know what? If, it, if, it, if it's a more violent Guardians of the Galaxy... Yeah, okay. Cool. I'm not happy. Like, I'm not upset with that. Like, I'd oh. be down for that. And even just sort of seeing, like, 
Rick Flag have a bit more personality in this? Like yes, in the first actually, Suicide a- Squad, he was white paint. This dude, he was so boring. Yeah, he was a brick wall. Yeah. Um. No, that's actually a very good point. I did actually find myself being more intrigued about his character just wearing this bright yellow t-shirt for some mm. reason um but um we also got to see like you know uh, glimpses on who the villains could be and little elements that you could probably piece together to see where this um movie's going so yeah should be good i, yeah, I look and- forward to its uh, august release yeah shows. back at back end of this year um mm. and yeah obviously my boy idris elba's in there uh, doing his thing oh. as Bloodsport, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I, I love him. Like I've I've said it on many of these podcast episodes over the years. I'd watch him do anything. I love him so much. So um, I I like that he's in there because he's just a presence on screen in anything he he's in. Yeah, and just that that accent, and then he's just you know taking the piss out of out of John Cena a few times, and there's some good <laughs> back and forth just in the trailer. Um, yeah. So yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait for yeah. this. Yeah, fingers crossed. I can only hope. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be interesting um, to see if, if they do stick the landing, but I think it's going to be a pretty pretty crazy old tone, uh, this movie, but, you know, that's not mm. a bad thing and it's got some, uh, some of our favourite actors and actresses in it uh, representing some pretty cool characters. So, uh, yeah, I'm keen. I'm keen for this uh, later in the year. But, um, yeah, anything... Anything else of note that's been happening this week, or should we start uh, move, moving through the uh, the usual run sheet here at THG? I apologize, everyone. I didn't see uh, Justice League yet, so let's continue. <laughs> we're, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a spoiler cast on Justice League, but we can't give you a firm date as to when that's gonna come out. Because I have to dedicate four hours of my life to that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's your stabler time. <laughs> that's when I watch SVU. Yeah, uh, so, so we will have it. We'll, we will stories. have a um. Justice League or Zack Schneider's Justice League spoiler cast out somewhere, let's say somewhere in the next month. You think that's a fair It's a fair timeline? I'll say that's fair, but then I'll probably shoot myself in the foot with that one. But yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Somewhere between now and the end of April. I started we, watching Superstore, so, you know, now I've got, that's got to fit in between Superstore and SVU. That's true. That's true. Uh, if you're worried about fitting things in, um, I guess something you could you could acquire that is small in small in stature but uh, high in uh, swag and relevance. That's the eight bit founders coin. Ah, you can get one of those okay. over at kofi.com forward slash we are eight bits for low low price of twenty dollars AUD or about maybe fifteen or so USD. Get you one of these uh, one off, very exclusive, very limited edition. 8-Bit Founders Coins, and that'll get delivered to you anywhere on planet Earth for that singular price. And, uh, yeah, once once they're sold out, they're sold out. They're never going to be repressed. So uh, you're going to be part of a very exclusive club getting one of these uh, Founders Coins or the 8-Bit Coins, um, as, we're, as we're also calling them, uh, as we try and mint our own form of currency uh, to combat mm-hmm. Bitcoin and everything else. So uh, check that out. You want to get immortalized as a Star Wars character or Star Wars themed character um our family portrait is ongoing for 2021 as well that's our 50 dollars aud gets you your own customized avatar as a star wars character of your choosing as well as the overall family portrait uh the family portrait the finished version obviously will happen at the very end of the year but we can give you the evolving one as it goes throughout the year too if you'd like uh but also be sure to rate view subscribe us on those Apple Podcasts, or just general podcast players of choice because those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. So be sure to do that to us as well as all the other podcasts within the the 8-Bit Podcast Network or just the podcast you're listening to in general because it means an awful lot, takes no time, helps us track, helps us keep relevancy in these charts. But yeah, that's sort of the housekeeping. Miss Hart, do you think we should uh, start talking about our friends over at Manscaped? Oh, let's do it. All right, listeners, are you starting to worry that your undercarriage is beginning to resemble more weasel than boomerang? Well, worry no more as the purveyors of perfect pubic hair have you covered. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit by Manscaped is equipped with everything you need to keep your peacemaker cocked and locked. It all starts with the Lawnmower 3.0, complete with a patented ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology. It will leave you feeling refreshed like you've just sculled a can of pib. 
It also comes with an assortment of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Some of these liquid tools for your family jewels includes the Crop Preserver. This is an anti-chafing deodorant that will keep your javelin smelling so fresh and so clean. This is a total game changer. Why are you not already putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body, hmm? Next up is the Crop Reviver, a spray-on ball toner that will keep you protected like Blackguard. The perfect package also comes with a nifty travel bag to carry your Starro, disposable shaving mats and a set of the comfiest anti-chafing boxes you have ever worn. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. And listeners, we've got a very special deal slash discount for you all today. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code 8bit at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code A-T-E-B-I-T. Remember people, nobody wants a messy explosive injection. No one. No one. This week's news headlines. And the first headline, Xbox Live is dead. But not really. And in its place is the Xbox network. Microsoft has explained this week that the recent branding change for its underlying online infrastructure is more to do with phrasing. It's more descriptive, as they want to say. None of the systems and subscriptions or anything else in the back end is changing, just branding only. So Xbox Live has become the Xbox network. A little little throwaway one there, because uh, Xbox Live has been, uh, I think, since 2002. If I remember right, that feels name like, has been in circulation. Yeah, it feels like it's just ingrained with the Xbox. Yeah, but, but now we're part be... of the, the broader Xbox network. I mean, everyone knows that we are pretty accustomed to saying Game Pass, but we ha- it's going to be hard to stop ourselves from saying Xbox Live. Yeah. I think, yep. <laughs> just because it's yeah, what we've so, known. Uh, all hail Xbox network. Miss Hart, next uh, next uh, little bit of, bit of news here. Do you have a spare $10 billion by chance? I do, actually. Well, it just so happens you could use that to acquire a company. And uh, this company in question is one that Microsoft is also potentially having a crack at. And we're talking about none other than Discord. Uh, so a pair of new reports have surfaced this past week. Both VentureBeat and Bloomberg reported earlier this week on buyout discussions with Discord with any sale expected to be worth $10 billion US dollars. That's more than the ZeniMax acquisition, which is oh. insane to think about. Alternatively, Discord may ultimately decide to go uh, go public, Bloomberg's report suggested. Its sources claimed no deal was, in quotes, imminent. Discord continues to grow in popularity but is yet to return an annual profit. The desktop app and web-based chat platform is enormously popular amongst video game fans but is free to use with limited extra features available to those who purchase a $10 a month Nitro subscription. Microsoft's interest in Discord comes as little surprise and is reminiscent of the company's $8.5 billion purchase of Skype back in 2011. (laughs) While Skype has become ubiquitous with online phone calls, Discord has grown its service to become a a hobby-orientated chat hub and Microsoft has shown its keenness to splash cash in the world of video games. So, holy moly. (laughs) Holy moly, they're throwing some cash around, allegedly. Throwing cash just this way. We're going to buy this studio. We're going to buy this. We're going to buy fucking Discord. We're going to... Man, Microsoft is just like... I, like let's say they're investing. Like, because that's what this is all they're doing is just investing for the future. Yeah. Owning Discord or buying Discord is, I think, is pretty big. I think, I think so a, too. Like, it, it is the the chat hub for, for gamers and, and as that article said, hobbyists. Uh, it's it's great. Like you can make a make a Discord about anything. You know, you can you then you can, can have your not only your text chat, your your voice chat, your video chat on there. There's all you those custom plugins. Now? Yeah, you can yeah. stream. So it's smart. It's smart because I, I don't know the the total number of, of live users for Discord, but you know, Microsoft buys this. They chuck one sneaky ad up in the top right-hand corner about you know Game Pass or Xbox Network. You know, it might only be one percent or two percent conversion clicking on that, but you know, there's money coming in through this ad strip revenue. <laughs> Better than hey. their Xbox party, like the parties. You know, we have issues all the time trying to connect yeah, to that some was of what those I was just gonna parties. say. We've constantly had issues uh, with cross-platform um, multiplayer where you will be on the Xbox and I'll be playing via PC, and we have a lot of issues with just the like party chat just not working. Like it recognizes that we're both in there. But for whatever reason, either of our audio or microphone is just not being picked up. And this level of frustrating is, is massive. So if they get Discord, then they go, cool. 
Ooh, taken yeah. care of. Like well, they do. Like it's funny because they do have a integration in air quotes between Discord and and Microsoft or Xbox. But all that is in essence is showing if you're playing a game. Like you know how it's got your your live oh, friend yeah. tracker down the side of what they're up to. Yeah, so, but, but if we could make a party chat on like through Discord for gaming, like through with embedded into the the Xbox ecosystem, then sign me up. But 10 million, 10 billion, I should say, not 10 million, 10 billion dollars. That is a huge, huge chunk of change. That's pretty big for Discord. Like uh, Discord, well, oh no, it's been around for a while now. It still feels pretty fresh to me though, like considering when I heard about it and then all of a sudden it just became, especially as a PC user, as just the audio chat of choice because between yeah. that, then everyone would kind of have to do in-game audio and that was always messed up depending on people's you know, input devices, whether a bigger headset or a microphone standalone. So... Um, as soon as Discord got brought on, it just made things a million times easier when it came to trying to get a few voices into a game. So yeah, yeah, like they've done well. Like the people behind Discord have done really well, and it sounds like they're going to be making a big, big bucket of money in the near future, whether they go public or they get bought out. Like you know, we talk about it all the time. If if I was the Discord owners and Microsoft said, "Hey, here's ten billion," I'd be like, "Where do I sign, brother? I'm out of here. Mm. I'm going to buy an island somewhere. See ya." Boy, see ya. Yeah. All right. Um, and after the, I'm done buying islands, maybe buy a movie ticket for, you know, maybe maybe a couple of years down the road because the ghost is walking onto the big screen. PlayStation 4 exclusive Ghost of Tsushima is, uh, is being turned into a movie with John Wick director Chad Stahelski. Stahelski? I'd say Stahelski. Chad Stahelski on board as director. The film will follow the story of game protagonist Jin Sakai. We're excited to be partnering with Chad and 8711 Entertainment to bring their vision of Jin's story to the big screen, PlayStation Productions boss Asad Kwazilabash said. We love working with creative partners like Chad who have a passion for our games, ensuring we can create rich adaptations that will excite our fans and new audiences, end quote. PlayStation Productions also behind the upcoming Tom Holland fronted Uncharted film, now coming to cinemas in 2022, and HBO's The Last of Us TV series. Sony has said it has big plans to expand more of its video game franchise in the future. The Ghost of Tsushima, uh, that Ghost of Tsushima has been picked for a film adaptation should come as no surprise. It's the PS4's fastest selling original first party game. It recently surpassed the 6.5 million sales mark as well. There's no word on when exactly the big screen version of the game will debut, will debut or who might play its title role. Stahelski is due to start filming John Wick 4 before getting back to the Ghost of Tsushima. So it's a little bit down the line. Maybe we're talking five years down the line we might see this, but mm. hell yeah, I'd watch the absolute bejesus out of this. Yeah, there's like a lot of people that have kind of been um, coming forward because obviously as video games have continued to flourish and more money and more time has been invested into video games, especially with character likeness and maybe even... Um, uh, character likeness to actor to voice actor um people are saying um that daisuke who plays uh jin should just default get the role because he clearly 100%. is an actor um he actually tweeted um as because someone did mention this um he said um if i get to play jin in the live action ghost let it be known that i fully agree to doing butt nudity so, <laughs> all, them, uh, all them hot, hot springs. springs yeah <laughs> so um i like i think that's always that's a very good point because technically he's an actor he, he did he did the he's he is the character of Jin, so why not um it, otherwise like i unfortunately haven't played this game um i really should uh i really really should you really should it's a special I really game should. It looks beautiful. Like every time I've seen someone play this game, I've just been in awe of just the environment alone. Uh, so I actually can't wait to see this on the big screen because if they they have to highlight the environment because it was definitely one of the key features in the game. So just seeing that on the big screen um, would just be beautiful. I just hope there's like just scenes just focusing on that, like no characters, no story, just some beautiful like scapes of like mountain, snowy mountains or just um, coastal landscapes. So, yeah. uh, but this is good. This is very quick. Do we think it's quick? Um, quick for a game to movie adaptation? Maybe not. I, th I think, I guess, based off, off the 
the confirmed hunger for this game the fact they've moved six and a half million units it shows that people are keen for it and uh, playstation productions have been talking about trying to really come out hard uh with with a lot of announcements and a lot of a lot of potential films or tv shows in the pipe and i guess this has shown that they're putting their money where their mouth is so mm-hmm. um i'm keen like i love watching sort of samurai types of films and things like that uh they're so as you said like it could be just a a visual feast like with just some of the set pieces in the environments and then the combat and the traditions and the respect that it's all that it's all given and conveyed in like i think the last the last great sort of um samurai film that i can recall funnily enough might be the last samurai with tom cruise in it which i was going to say that one is a fantastic film is it? Yeah. I never I never really saw good. it. I just always thought it was funny that it was like The Last Samurai and it's Tom Cruise. And yeah. It's it's way. really good and like it's it's based off um based off sort of a true story. It's worth a watch. Like oh. it's really really well done. Um like what was it? 47 Ronin wasn't bad and a couple others here and there, but this I think this would be this could be done really well. Really well. Yeah, nice it- like period piece drama with some cool uh fighting set pieces as well. Well, definitely. We're going to see, obviously, a lot of um, stylized action scenes because you would imagine that the director that did John Wick, which is just known for their intense stylistic action fighting scenes, that we're definitely going to see it with this film. Um, Yeah, I just hope it translates with story, with characters. I've always stood by the fact that... um, uh, Oh, I've forgotten his name. Samurai. Daskai? Or no, Jin Sakai? No, the guy that did John... Keanu Reeves. That guy. Oh, yep. Just a little actor known as Keanu Reeves. Um, He's not a great actor, but he's a great, like, like vessel for a story. Mm. Yeah. Like, he can't voice act. So um, this one will be definitely more dependent on characters leading a story and being very engaging. So Yeah, and, like, if they get Duske to, to play Jin, that's perfect, like... Because for people that are familiar with the game, there's no weird breaking then of of that familiarity with the character. And and like I've seen him, like I've I saw him in the uh, Man in the High Castle, and he was great in that. And he's done a few other sort of roles here and there. So he's he's lent his real life likeness to characters in mm. film and TV already. So just just go down that path. He's, he said yeah. he's keen. He'll show he'll show his ass. Let's go. He's gonna show some booty. Let's go. That's it. Let's Sign go. Up. But um, yeah, it's cool. It's good to good to see they're they're picking some franchise. Obviously, the the weirdest one they've got in the in the uh, PlayStation Productions uh, sort of backlog that they're working on is you know the Twisted Metal television series they're doing. I still don't know how oh in the Christ that's going to translate, but I'm yeah, all I think I still. remember hearing murmurs of that one. Imagine a God of War movie franchise. Oh my god, that see that could be special. Like that could that be really could be special. That could be like a, a trilogy type of thing that could. Because of the fantasy elements, it could get up there and like rival, like not to the the battle scale of say a Lord of the Rings, but it could be talked I mean, about in that same kind of light, you know? Yeah, like it could be up there with some of the big players of like fantasy um, style movies and stories and everything like that. Just the uh, the absolute scale of the gods and then having the characters, like it it would be beautiful. I I definitely think that that could be the next one to be scooped up i guess maybe they're trying to see wait and see how these are like these game franchises turned into media how they're mm-hmm. how they're received if done well and then maybe something as precious as god of war will be you know further along the tracks yeah i'd, I'd say they're probably pitching pitching scripts and things like that around there and yeah they've probably they've combed that entire playstation back catalog like where's where's a story here we can tell what's what's mm. worth talking about and and yeah they've they've probably got a lot of them on the short list there but uh yeah do you think we'll ever see a death stranding movie can you imagine I mean, how much of a trip that'd be and just be watching one big tool film clip <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that's that's a very good point yeah, yeah i it, it could be it could be. Hey, give me um, a heavy rain movie. Oh yeah. Says says the only person that ever is still cheering for a, for a game that old. Yeah. Give, yeah, give me of- give me all the Quantic Dream movies. Like just yeah. you know they they make 
very immersive cinematic gaming experiences. So chuck it onto the big screen. Let's go. <laughs> throw it on there. We'll create Let's a go. list. All right. Something they're also throwing on the list as they do every goddamn year. Um, this year's Call of Duty mm. returning to World War II, according to fresh reports, in part verified this week by Eurogamer. Modern Warzone reported this year's new Call of Duty is in development at Sledgehammer Games, maker of 2017's well-received Call of Duty World War II, and it's due out late 2021. Uh, the, that timing uh, has been indicated as true. It's usually a November-ish release for COD year-on-year. Year. Uh, Modern Warzone also reports this game is codenamed Call of Duty World War II Vanguard and reports okay. the name will be changed in the future. Oh, okay. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> what are you doing with Eurogamer? Its code name is Vanguard. So oh, okay. Yeah. Let me, let me, <laughs> Not me. code name Call of Duty Vanguard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Don't All get right. attached. <laughs> yeah, don't get too attached. Vanguard could change. But uh, the interesting thing about this uh, this return to, to old war, I guess you could say, uh, the entire game takes place in an alternate timeline mm-hmm. where 1945 wasn't the end of World War II. So it's going to be set in the 1950s. Um, so, yeah, it's it's strange. It's strange. Making Wolfenstein? <laughs> yeah. Are we, are we getting the... We, the Nazis won? Men like Castle? Um, like... <laughs> This whole article is a mess, by the way. So sorry, listeners, if if you, you're leaving this part of the podcast more confused than when you came in, because uh, <laughs> um, it's Thanks all to over the place. Gamers, I got a headache. So uh. in in short, the next Call of Duty game going back to World War Two, going back to the forties, mm. but World War Two continued after 1945, allegedly, and it's going to be rolling into the fifties. The game is currently codenamed Vanguard in air quotes. That could change, but uh, more COD going back to old school wars. Like it seems they they just jump. They'll they'll go future war, then they'll go current, then they'll go back in time, then they'll go yeah. back to future war, current, back in time. Like we yeah. did the eighties. We got the eighties with um with uh, Cold War, which is great. Which is, yeah. Now we're going thirty years back again. Technically, eighties isn't the future though. <laughs> Yeah, so we're, we're going to the past and now we're going further into the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going back again. We're going back again. But we've got to go back. You know, it's death and taxes, Call of Duty. Like uh, mm. every year you get one of these without fail. Uh, there, there's no confirmation if this is then going to weave into the, the war zone aspect of this game now where we're going to get dated weaponry uh, mixing in with, with modern day guns and stuff like that or if they're going to sort of refresh it and roll it all the way back. But... I think they're going to have to go one way or the other because you're not going to be able to have a balanced experience, I think, where you're running guns from the 40s and the 50s with guns from, you know, the 2000s. Yeah. Like, I don't think they'll be mixing them up. I think this will just be its own thing, won't it? Like, it'll just be its own little time capsule. It makes sense to me. It makes sense to me that they go that way. Yeah. Yeah, but... Let's let's just move on from that article. That was a mess. I feel I feel very uncomfortable. It's been a very uncomfortable couple of days for me. So we're moving on to the next one. All right, Miss Hart. I think I might um might throw this one over to you because I haven't mm. watched this entire three hour jaunt, but uh, you have. So <laughs> so you, you sort of you got boots on the ground on this one. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. gonna toss it across to you. So this is sort of a recap on the uh, idea at Xbox Indie Showcase that they uh, live streamed over at Twitch Gaming. Uh, yeah. So, Miss Hart, the was, floor is yours. Thank you. It was quite a long event. Um, they kind of did things a bit differently this year where we are used to uh, with events or having presenters and then having little featurettes in between. Personally, I felt like that really dragged on the event. I'm all for having interviews with the developers to talk further about their game, but I kind of like the structure that a lot of you know companies do with these showcases and presentations where they go okay here's the games we're presenting here's the trailers um now if you want to know more stick stick to the end and we'll have a bunch of you know interviews discussions and everything and so you can obviously deep dive a bit further but with this one they had like I understand that everyone's still trying to figure out showcases and doing live events from home but with this one they had them 
they had um hosts talking in between then they also had dev interviews and then they also had two minute breaks um where the screen was like we'll be back in two minutes <laughs> the break thing is so weird it, it is was a so bit weird. weird like i know that people need to kind of have a breather and everything like that but it just i, I don't know for uh, the event went probably longer than it should so um for a lot of people time is precious did they um like obviously it was broadcast on twitch but did they did they have sort of like live interactions with like the chat or something? Yes, like- they did. Um, there was like, the, I don't know how they would do this because obviously someone there has to select what is allowed <laughs> to reach the stream. So um, I've seen a podcast actually use this as well, where the chat's comments can kind of appear on the video. So especially if people are being referenced, um, like a comment in chat's being referenced, it pops up on the screen. I thought it was great because then as a viewer, if you don't have the chat live, you don't have it there running, you can still kind of get an overall experience of maybe what people were feeling. Although I f- everything was usually quite favorable. So Okay. <laughs> and this was only during when the hosts were talking. This wasn't like you – it wasn't appearing on your screen when trailers were running. This was only strictly when the hosts were talking in between game trailers. So it's a good feature. I don't know if it's biased. But um, it's pretty cool to see, especially if you're someone that's trying to watch the event back and maybe keep your finger on the pulse on how everyone else is feeling at the time, mm. I guess. Yeah, maybe it's... people bring out points that maybe you wouldn't have considered. So it's just the, the, the runtime is the biggest surprise to me. Like I feel it's in this day and age, all these all these sort of digital events and showcases that are getting popped out every other month now you'd say like they feel like they're running on tighter and tighter timelines like they're compressing Mm. more and more into 90 minutes 60 minutes 45 minutes whatever it is where xbox with this one just went you know what we're going we're going the opposite we're going three hours baby this is this is the uh the schneider cut of um you know game game showcases and the two two minute ad break thing is so strange to me like it wasn't even an ad break yeah well not like i Full disclosure, I was actually watching the YouTube IGN um, play of it, the li- yep, yep. the play of it, because um, I watch on the Apple TV and the Twitch app on the Apple TV isn't great. Yeah, um, can confirm. Yeah, so <laughs> I was watching YouTube and I was watching IGN's coverage of it. So the two-minute break on YouTube was just a screen. So maybe Twitch is now known <laughs> for running ads a lot. So uh, maybe they that was actual ad time on Twitch. But, I mean, if it was a restream from a Twitch channel, so I'm assuming it must have just been a blank screen with a two-minute timer clocking, yeah. um, ticking down. So so, yeah. so outside of the outside of the runtime and the weird two-minute uh, lapses, where mm. what, what did you take away from it? What's some, some of the games that you thought were uh, were cool that they showcased or anything you wanted to, wanted to start uh, having a powwow about? Yeah, the one like the one studio that I was really excited to see when um they got mentioned that they were going to uh have a game announced in the showcase was Drinkbox Studios who did Guacamelee, which is one of my favorite platformers. Um unfortunately they're doing like an uh like a roguelike action RPG kind of game um called Nobody Saves the World. It's it it looks cute. It looks funny. Like it looks looks really funny. Um, player can transform into like your classic like ranger, but then they can also transform into a rat and a horse. I think I also saw the character transform into a bodybuilder. Um, <laughs> it's just a range of weird, quirky characters, and each one comes with a unique ability to um, obviously defeat a stage or level um, based on their ability that's connected to it. It's unfortunately this kind of game. Is it my kind of thing? It does. It's it's definitely not one that's high on my radar. It looks great. It looks funny, um, but um, I, yeah, I'm just a little, tiny little bit disappointed because I was probably excited for something very similar to Guacamelee, but I, I shouldn't expect it. Um, but this game, uh, Nobody Saves the World, will arrive on PC and console in 2021. Nice. Um, yeah, so it's just going to be like a range of like. Um, dungeons for you to defeat with all these like different characters so mm. quirky, um, but i'm with you like it didn't it yeah. didn't seem to hit the same sort of notes with guacamelee uh, yeah which, which is a great great little little couple of games that they've got now in that in that stable 
Yeah, yeah. But, oh, well, like, you know, as a studio, you should always venture out and get out of your comfort zone. So, you know, good for studio, um, Drinkbox Studio for doing that. So I really can't win them all. Uh, another game that got mentioned was Soup Pot. Um, it was like a cooking game. Um, it has a hundred different dishes and um, this seems to be like a lot of similarities based on actual like recipes. Like it looks like it's staying pretty true to a lot of traditional recipes on how things are made. The style of the game as well. Like I know a lot of people probably see a cooking game and they're probably grown over it, but this one kind of had a unique style to it, which um, had my attention. Um, so it, that one's on my radar purely because it's a you know, cooking simulation game. So uh, I de- definitely recommend looking at it if you mean you understand what I mean when I says it has a unique style. Um, it will be released on console and PC um, August 2021. So nice. keep an eye out for that one. Uh, there was another one called Death's Door. Um, it was it was actually a really sweet um, game where it starts off with this animation of a crow kind of with a sword and going through this crow universe it does look like it's another kind of like another like platform roguelike kind of action game unfortunately like uh, i don't want to say that most indies kind of fall down this path when you usually see that an indie title is kind of announced but there's a lot of um of those top down hack yeah, and slash sort kind of, of isometric games. yeah it's it's I don't want to say it's a crutch that developers lean on, but mm. it's certainly a, a genre and then a, a camera angle that is that is universally utilized more often than it should be without trying to sound like too much of an asshole. Yeah, yeah. But, I, like, I think then when, like, suggesting that, like, mildly that this is a pretty easy crutch to kind of like work on when it comes to developing a game it's very important obviously to have your own angle that stands out and death store actually had a beautiful really beautiful style to it like you play as a crow and you're going against creatures to take their souls mm. and your one in your um, crow in particular is fighting against like really twisted kind of creatures um so that game is going to be coming out onto consoles in 2021 as well. So keep an eye out for that. Um, just going to go through some other ones that kind of got presented, which was Moonglow Bay. Uh, Hell yeah. Fish and Sim. Yeah. <laughs> it's I weird. Like it, it says it's a fishing sim, but the trailer just shows you a lot of narrative. Yeah. Like a lot of stories. So unfortunately, everyone knows how I am with that. I just yeah. It felt off. like... The vibe I got from this was almost like um, golf story, but replace golf mm. with fishing. You know, yeah. like golf story is a an RPG with golf elements, and that's what this is. But um, yeah, fishing, fishing in the uh, 1980s in in Canada. So uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm down. I'm gonna I'm is- gonna play gonna play as this fisherman and uh, try and catch over 100 aquatic species. Yeah, it looks sweet. Like it looks very like stylized. It looked very sweet. So um, I could see that. But for me personally, it's that one won't be on my radar. Oh, we got to see um a little bit more of um twelve minutes, and <laughs> they're promising that the game will be released um in twenty twenty one. I've been waiting for this game for three years. Yeah, it's been um, on your radar. I remember when it first got announced. You were you were all in from the jump. It's so good. Like like the idea and concept, and I even like the style of just being like top down of this scene where you you know you're in a time loop and you've got to figure out how to the best like learn from your experience to see if you can complete this story of this um, character who seems to get um almost like harassed or attacked by either a like a hitman or some kind of assassin like assassin of some variety but either way it, it had my attention and now it's got william defoe attached to it um yeah daisy so, ridley's in it and yeah. is it james james mcavoy yeah yeah Mr. professor x as well yeah it's uh, as being a little indie game that I was like, that looks really cool three years ago to having those games, um, those names attached to it now is just impressive. But they are saying it should be released by the end of this year. So I've got my mm-hmm. fingers crossed. Oddly enough, Among Us announced a new airship map. Um, yeah. Which was an interesting choice uh, to you know, make, make a trailer. And they also had an interview about that one as well. So um, uh, another mention is... Um, 
Astria Ascending. <laughs> I was like watching this trailer and I, it's a J, um, JRPG turn base. But I was like watching it. I'm like, what's familiar about this? And um, my husband is pretty certain that this is a game where this, that it's been referenced before where there's this character design of a witch with gigantic boobs and they defy gravity. So I think it's the same people who did that game. Um, but uh, players take control of um, demigods, eight hero change. Like it's JRPG turn-based yeah. so usually i switch off on that as well but it looks like um stylized it looks great like it's a beautiful style i didn't see any you know gravity boobies. defying boobs <laughs> yeah, so not usually a review i give to a game oh give it actually. give it time the, the big boobies will come out there's, there's always yeah. a a busty heroine or uh you know baddie in 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 just about every single jrpg there's always it's one true. that's stands out like everyone else could be very moderately dressed and you know well covered but there'll always be one that's mm, uh there's always you know it's it's a guarantee it's true um Sexy that one cat would be... or something <laughs> be arriving on pc and console in 2021 as well oh sorry and the among us um ship map um will be uh, coming to the game in march 31st of this year as well so um, there were over 60 games like that were also like thrown in there. Like there were a lot of trailers that they kind of just, you know, just put them on repeat, like not repeat, but straight after one after another. Um, like there's a long list, so I'm, I probably won't go through the entire list. Um, but uh, there was another, <laughs> there's a few games that like were a bit quirky because this is an indie showcase, one of which is called Airport. Airport for aliens run by dogs. So that is, that is already on my radar, just purely based on the name alone. That's like one of those ones where you see the name and you're just like, yep, okay. Um, Clousy looked cute. Um, there was a game called Craftopia, which was like someone saw Breath of the Wild. They saw like, <laughs> what else am I thinking of here? Like Stardew Valley um they i can't even begin to tell you the it looked like breath of the wild but then there was like a rocket then it showed you a giant pot where they were throwing life-size cows into it but it looked like a very serious game like they mm -hmm. it looked like like that was genuinely what the game was about so um that one's definitely on my radar just for that alone um there was another one that i want to draw out because it started and i was like if this is a survival game, like I'll, I'll, I'm on board, and it was. It's that last oasis. Um, it's it like it looks like Rust. It looks like Ark. Um, there's a lot of like gigantic um, creatures in this universe where there's also a lot of building, and it looks like they've actually got this combination of being able to build complex machinery where you can like almost make these like. No, I wouldn't say steampunk because it looked like it was mostly made of like wooden twigs. Um, but you can also fight against other people as well using your, you know, your machine of choice. So that one was definitely on my radar as well. Stalker showed a bunch of like graphically detailed um, items for, for the game. And it was very, very detailed. And in, in an indie showcase, it really stands out. Yeah, um, it's it's crazy. Like it, it is a small studio, but like I'd say it sits more in a in a triple A space as opposed to indie. But I'm not going to complain. It <laughs> stood. It stood out. Actually, another one that stood out was lawn mowing sim. I was about because... to say lawn mowing sim because <laughs> <laughs> that one just started off with some really high detailed. Like first it was like just close up of like machinery parts and then it like pans out and it's just like the like heavy duty like lawnmowers and it's a lawn mowing sim and I'm like, okay, you have me. Simulation, you have me intrigued as well. Um, but yeah, like there were a bunch of games in there. So I definitely recommend giving it a watch. Um, if not, just um, grab a list online and just... I guess search through the list if you want to just see the individual um, trailers as opposed to like the interviews or the host kind of um, back and forth just to check out these titles. But it was jam-packed like we were expecting. There was a lot of um, variation of the indie scene of like different stylized games between farming, simulation, uh, first-person shooter, turn-based gameplay. 
Um, it, it was very, very vast. And um, I just de- definitely recommend checking out, seeing what's on there for you. And luckily, as we expected, there was a good chunk of these where they have already been announced as day one game pass, which probably takes us to our next segment. Sweet of the week. Yeah, so uh, everyone's everyone's favorite uh, Wario Twitter account, Wario64, uh, dropped on the back end of this uh, indie showcase a list of games that are going to be hitting Xbox Game Pass on day one. So in alphabetical order, we've got Art of the Rally, uh, Astria Ascending, Backbone, Boyfriend Dungeon, Craftopia, Dead Static Drive, Edge of Eternity, Hello Neighbor 2, Library of Runa, Little Witch in the Woods, Mongloo Bay, Narita Boy, Nobody Saves the World, Omno, Recompile, Sable, She Dreams Elsewhere, Stalker 2, The Ascent, Undungeon, Way to the Woods, and Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart actually looked good too, but at the same sense, it had a very Pikmin vibe. Um, And I get a little too attached when it comes to the Pikmin (laughs) creatures die. Got a little bit of a soft spot for all them Pikmin deaths. Yeah, exactly. But um, pretty impressive. Yeah, good good list there. You know, there's what maybe twenty ish games from from that uh, you know the indie showcase that then uh, are going to be day one releases on Games Pass on Game Pass, which is phenomenal. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, yet another nice uh, caveat there for for Xbox and Microsoft as far as uh, supporting these indies and having them included in your monthly subscription fee for Game Pass. So. Uh, you know, we say it all the time. If you've got an Xbox or you've got a PC, why do you not have this Game Pass subscription attached to those platforms? That's all I got to say, anyway. Definitely, and like um, some of these titles, like a, like we've always kind of discussed with Game Pass. Game Pass always has a great um, variety, so you're never kind of like there's nothing I like here. There's or there's always going to be like one or two things that would be very much um, your wheelhouse when it comes to Game Pass. And seeing this specific list. There's a good variation of action adventure shooter and all the other things in between. So one hundred and ten percent. So, but that'll that'll roll us into the last segment of episode two, three, four. New releases and events. Obviously, yeah. Hopefully, listen to this uh, minutes after it dropped on Monday, the 29th of March. So, episode two, three, four of the Hunger Gamers is ready right now. Uh, on Tuesday, uh, so the 30th of March, is this thing on number ten? will be available for consumption exclusively over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit and it sees myself, Australia's John O'Peck and Matt Stallone from Audio Technica riffing on Is This Thing On? So uh, we're recording that tomorrow night. So that could go all kinds of directions. So uh, get ready for that. But I know it's going to be a banger. And also on Tuesday, um, I've... Randomly been thrown into a new little podcast upstart that uh, Twitch streamer extraordinaire Panda TV wanted to kick off, and it's called Pulling with Panda. Uh, Let that sit and think on for a minute. I don't think anyone wants to sit on it. Um, Whoa! Pulling with Panda. Now, is there any context to what that's supposed to mean? Yeah, it, so so it- <laughs> the the context is that um it's it's a podcast about like uh cracking cards. So we're going to be I, opening ooh, like ooh, ooh. Yeah, we're going to be opening <laughs> like words. card packs from from sporting, you know, NFL, NBA, NHL stuff like that, but also doing like Pokemon card breaks, Dragon Ball Z, stuff like that. Oh. So we're pulling packs. There we go. Now that makes a lot more sense. So obviously when creating this podcast, Panda was being a little tongue-in-cheek and he knew that like pulling with Panda was going to be a little bit of a like an eyebrow raise and maybe you get those curiosity clicks. Yeah, there's there's no uh, OnlyFans offshoot on this yet. Yes. But uh, yep. if the demand's there, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll start, start a pulling with Panda OnlyFans and uh, yeah, be... Uh, be cracking packs there too in a whole host of ways. But uh, yeah, that uh, first episode is going to be dropping this Tuesday. I'll uh, be live streamed over at twitch.tv forward slash panda TV and then potentially available on uh, YouTube and stuff like that down the line too. Uh, Wednesday, we'll see the next episode of Comedy Rewind dropping. And uh, that is with the three aforementioned people before for Is This Thing On Number 10. So Matt Stallone, Jono and myself are doing School of Rock. Oh. Uh, for Comedy Rewind this week. 
Thursday, I don't think there's anything really not coming out, but Friday, uh, doubling back to Game Pass again, Outriders drops on console and PC, but only on Game Pass for console at the moment. So uh, I'm looking forward to be playing a little bit of Outriders and seeing what this uh, finished version of the game's like. You, you keen? You're getting on Game Pass? You're going to roll with me? I guess. Like, I was always on the fence about it, but it's on Game Pass, so, like, <laughs> this is more of a time thing where it's, yep. like, I sit there and I kind of evaluate, like, could I play the same game over again that I really enjoy, or do I go and dip my toe back to where it was? Plus, my, I played it on PC, and I remember that they said that your game was, it you could, know, like... Yeah, your progress would carry. But, uh, but I, played I played it on, it on PC, PC, too. So, so we're starting for it. Like, we only got to level six, so it won't take us long to get past that. I know, but the start was so slow. <laughs> it might be a bit better in the full version. I don't know. Maybe not. They better Maybe give us the, the skip option. Hopefully they give us the skip option. Skip story. Probably not. Probably not if we're uh, starting on a new platform. Why we're, we're would you not? Uh, maybe just do the whole hold the button thing. Like, I understand people accidentally skipping a story scene oh the cutscenes. The- i thought you meant like skip the whole introduction like in in the playing bit too i'm like i don't think we'll oh no do that uh, <laughs> i mean i would want to do that as well but yeah no i just mean like story yeah yeah i'm with you i'm with you but yeah dropping dropping this week obviously you can pay full price on 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 a platform but if you got that game pass download it day one get amongst that and then um yeah this this friday evening as well uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier episode number three drops. Uh, I'm, I'm really liking it. I watched, I watched all three episodes of uh, Invincible back to back to back, and then I watched Falcon and Winter Soldier last night before bed, and it's it's great. The just the the dynamic between Falcon and Winter Soldier is really good. I love these two guys on screen, and it's it's. I can't wait. I'm, I'm digging like it. A- I'm a little sick. I haven't seen um, episode two yet, so I'm still kind of like behind. But these are purely impressions from the very first episode. Um, I I like Falcon. He seems pretty cool. I don't appreciate that he stole a chip, took one bite and throw it, threw it into the water. Who the <laughs> hell does that? That's psycho attitude. Um, however, it's it's Winter Soldier and he's weird kind of quirkiness that he's kind of developed this weird kind of like oh i'm a little bit wacky now like i murdered people and you know I'm... <laughs> i don't kill anybody anymore what's, yeah, what's, but... what's step three or whatever it is yeah i just it's he's just it's just a bit weird for me like that he has this now this new kind of little little, mantra, little almost yeah i don't know it's, it's something that's throwing me off about it where it's just like you don't just change like that like the second episode was a lot better than the first. I thought I really, really enjoyed okay. the episode last night oh, and where my they're going with it. And, yeah, so hopefully, hopefully you enjoy number episode number two, which is out now. It's in two? Disney Plus, but yeah, number three, which would then get us to the halfway point, I believe, of the season because it's only a six yeah, only episode a- banger. Oh, it's only six. I thought yeah. it was eight. Oh my yeah, god, only six. So we're going to be at the halfway point next week. Uh, and then we've got yeah three more weeks of that, and then I think two weeks of downtime, and then Loki drops on Disney Plus. And uh, so, you saw they confirmed oh. uh, Black Widow is going to be released or available via Disney Plus on day one as well via the the paid home rental. Or if if you're in a place that you can safely <laughs> go to the cinemas, you'll still be able to watch it in the cinemas too, which I'm going to do. Mm. But Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of THG two three four. Anything else you want to say or add before we maybe close this sucker down for another week? Yeah, just to mention that the BAFTA Games Awards that kind of also happened just within the week, um, much of the same. A lot of titles that we're already pretty familiar with being in the award scene. Um, notes to um, Ghost of Tsushima, Her- um, Hercules, Hades. Hades. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bring back a Hercules game. Um, but Hades as well as... Um, the last, uh, last of, us. of Us, yeah, as well. Yeah. So um, check them out, see see which of your favorite games won awards. It's always nice to see um, a few different perspectives, maybe seeing the game that you wanted to win for one award in another award show, win something for this show. But, yeah, just check it out. It's the BAFTA Games Awards. So mm, it's the BAFTA Games. Definitely. And on the, um, on the award discussion, fingers crossed that uh, – Trigger Witch picks up some of the awards. They've been nominated oh, for an absolute yes. bucket load of them 
um, from, from some various bodies in, in New Zealand from the creative arts space. Uh, so hopefully Jared and Jono have some success there and uh, pick up a couple of gongs. I think they've been nominated for maybe four awards, if I remember right. So um, yeah, yeah, fingers crossed that, that Rainbite and everyone involved with Trigger Witch uh, can bring home the bickies. Yeah, definitely check the game out. I'm very, very proud of our Jono, Australia's Jono Peck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then the team working on the game. It's been really cool seeing... Uh, you know, it's start and seeing it from humble beginnings and seeing it grow. Very excited to play it. Either way, check out Trigger Witch. It's coming out in the next three to six months. It's coming out in 2021. They haven't got a concrete date yet, but I think it's going to be Q2. So uh, get hyped for that. But yeah, this is the end of uh, THG234. Miss Hart, it's been a pleasure as always. Anything you want to say before we shut her down? Yeah, roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Avery Nation, thanks for tuning in as you do each and every week. But until next time, much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Do you think King Kong's going to beat Godzilla? Godzilla is a radioactive friggin' dragon lizard thing. I reckon they're going to team up. They're going to fight Mechagodzilla and they're going to be bros. Yep.